in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. Sanchez. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Swoop Radio. I am your host, Josh Sanchez. And what a beautiful day it is for opening day. I know it's a little bit chilly. That's usually how every opening day goes. But man, I don't know about you guys, but this is my favorite time of the year. We got baseball just starting up. Basketball is about to get into the heat of the playoffs. Same with hockey as well. Football, you're getting ready for the NFL draft. So there's so much I have, so many topics I have for you guys today. But before we get started, I'm going to give you guys a little rundown of the show. I post podcasts once a week. I apologize for last week. I was not feeling good. I had some very tough allergies, but... Just like you guys got to take life day by day. I took it day by day. I pushed through. And now I am fully ready. I am fully excited for you guys today. And again, we have a lot in store. So our first topic, we got to talk about the NBA trade deadline and what's going on in that in that department. Then we got to talk about what happened with the Eagles and what they did. They ended up trading back. That'll be something later in the podcast we'll get into. Then we will also talk a little bit about the Final Four. I'll give you guys my prediction and who and who I think is going to win it all. And I know based off of my NCAA track record, it has been awful because I, I picked Gonzaga to lose in the Sweet 16. And hey, just like when I admit when I'm right, I got to admit when I was wrong. I was completely wrong with this Gonzaga team. This team is probably one of the most complete teams in the NCAA tournament. And then... We will obviously talk about some baseball. I know the topic's not on here, but we got to talk some baseball. It's opening day. I'm currently watching the Yankees uh, Blue Jays right now. It's 2-1 Yankees going into the top of the fourth. So it's been been a pretty good game so far. Garrett Cole already has seven strikeouts for New York. And then obviously we got to talk about the Phillies because they play at three against the Atlanta Braves. So, opening day baseball is here. Welcome everyone to Swoop Radio. And let's get started with our first topic. Well, not breaking news. I was going to do this first on my first topic for last week's podcast. But what? let's talk about the NBA trade deadline because... I don't know about you guys, but a lot of craziness happened in the NBA trade deadline. So many teams made deals, and we are going to go through them individually. So I hope you guys are ready for that because 
Again, the NBA trade deadline was absolutely crazy, and I apologize. I am currently trying to readjust my screen for you guys. Yeah, so it might be a black screen right now for a little bit. But as I get that technical difficulty situated, all right, we are good now. So hopefully, let's see here. Let's make sure everything's okay. It looks good. Let's see. Check me right back. Check chatting. Okay, all right. So... Just checking to see if we're good here before I really get into it. So let, let's just, let's just see how I look live right now. And this is what I look like live. Looks good. All right, I hear myself. All right, we are good. All right, so for our first topic, let's get into let's let's get into the NBA trade the trade deadline. So, with the first couple moves that have happened in this NBA trade deadline, obviously there's so many moves to talk about. I'm just going to give a quick little rundown, and then I'm going to discuss which teams were winners of the trade deadline and which teams were losers of the trade deadline. So, the Lakers were definitely a loser in the trade deadline. I know they were in the talks of getting Kyle Lowry. I really think the Lakers, they need that third star. You're seeing what's happening right now. LeBron and AD are both out, and this team is garbage without them too, literally. And they got Andre Drummond, and honestly, I, I've seen him live a couple times, and I've been fortunate enough, I've been spoiled to have Joel Embiid as my center, and he completely owns Andre Drummond whenever they play against each other. So whenever I see Andre Drummond play, he stinks. He usually doesn't do anything. He is a good rebounder, but he stat pads a lot. He's one of those players that can get you a 20-20 game and not impact the game. If that's possible. Because, I mean, look at it. He's never won a playoff game in his career. And I don't know why Jeannie Buss in the Lakers is acting like Andre Drummond is going to be like Kareem. Like, I don't know. I don't know what is in the air. I get it. It's COVID. Everyone's finally starting to get out. But come on, man. Come on. Jeannie Buss, you're better than that. Way better than that. Come on now. You can't compare Andre Drummond to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But the Lakers did not even get anybody in the trade market. That was in the buyout market. So that's the Lakers were definitely a loser team for me in this deadline. They needed to get better. They needed to get that third star to complement LeBron and Anthony Davis. Also, Dennis Schroeder does not agree on his four-year, as I'm checking, Dennis Schroeder does not agree. Yes, he does not, he did not sign his four-year $85 million contract. So that is not a good sign. For the Lakers in the near future. But looks like it, let's look at some other moves that have happened. So let's see here. Let's let's copy this link and then let's paste it because I I have it all on ESPN so that way we can have the rundown on each trade. Uh, let's see here. Let's make sure that this is on silent. And yes, it is. It is muted. So let's get started with. LaMarcus Aldridge, another buyout. Again, we'll, we'll talk about this as well, and I'll get into that in a little bit. So, so here's the trades that have happened. So, Boston, the Boston Celtics, they traded. We're going to do all the moves. So, the Boston Celtics traded Daniel Tice to the Chicago Pool, uh, Bulls for Mo Wagner. That trade, pretty much, Mo Wagner is a... Uh, 
He's a better big man offensively than Tice, but honestly, they're kind of the same player. They're not really good. So that trade really doesn't excite me. The Golden State Warriors, they traded Marquise Chris with cash in a three-team deal to the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are the Warriors are also sending guard Brad Wanamaker. And the Charlotte Hornets are also getting K or they sent KD Lemayne in cash consideration. That's another small trade. Man, a couple other, a couple another, one of the biggest takeaways was Kyle Lowry. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. And, and he's next on this NBA trade deadline discussion. Kyle Lowry was in the monks of a was, was talking to three teams, the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Heat. The Sixers were the front runners to get Kyle Lowry. I was one of those people that did want him, but it had to be a good enough price to get him. And the Raptors, they just wanted too much. They the, For the Sixers deal, they wanted us to give up Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Stiebel, who is an all-defensive team defender, even though he only plays 20 minutes a night, and two first-round picks. Ridiculous. That's way too much. And... And and Kyle, it's not like Kyle Lowry is in his early 30s or in like his prime. He's 35 years old and wants a two-year $50 million contract. So not only is he older, he also wants to be super expensive. Not a good deal. Daryl Morley did a great job in not getting Kyle Lowry. I'm not gonna lie to you. Same with the Heat as well. Why would I? Why would I give up that much to get a, to get an older player? It's it's not it's not worth it. It's not. It's not worth your time, it's not worth your energy. And and that is why my fault as I'm just double checking. And that is why not a fan. So Kyle Lowry Ended up staying in Toronto. Toronto, at, and speaking of the Raptors, they ended up getting Norvon. Uh, they ended up shipping Norvon, uh, Nor, my fault, Norman Pell for Gary Trent Jr. And I believe a pick. So that's a, that was a good deal for both teams. Gary Trent Jr. just dropped 30 points the other night for the Toronto Raptors, and he is a baller. So in that regard, good job for him and good job for the Toronto Raptors. And Kyle Lowry, again, he's going to want a lot of money. So that is the deal with the whole Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. I'm not a fan. I wish that the Sixers would have gotten him because that would have been the move to get the Sixers over to hump. Because right now, the Sixers, they do have a big three. They have Kyle Lowry. They ha- Not Kyle Lowry. They have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. And they have Tobias Harris. But there's a lot of question marks with those three because they really haven't shown and proven that they can go deep into the playoffs yet. Maybe this year will be the first year for that. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. With the Sixers' big three, there's a lot of question marks. And with Kyle Lowry, you know that he's going to give you 19 points. He's going to hit you some tough shots. And he's going to play some good defense. So, I mean, so so Kyle Lowry, I would have loved him to be in a Sixers uniform, but the price was too much for was too much for the Toronto Raptors. So, And just like that, you have to move on. So, now, with, with the... With the Houston Rockets, and you want to talk about a loser of the deadline, the Houston Rockets ended up giving away James Harden earlier in this year. They ended up getting Victor Oladipo, and they ended up they also got Karis Levert, but they ended up shipping Karis Levert 
to oh no, they ended up shipping Karis LeVert to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo. That's what ended up happening. And Victor Oladipo played for the for the Rockets. So pretty much the Houston Rockets have traded James Harden now for like two first round picks and and this Heat deal they got as I'm looking at this Heat deal now. Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk in a 2022 first round swap. So that so this is who the Rockets are. Let, let me be clear with this because this is ridiculous. So this is who the Rockets ended up getting for the whole James Harden sweepstakes. Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and and like four first round or three first round picks, or I believe two first round picks in a second. Ridiculous. For James Harden, top five player in the NBA. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I am, I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm shocked. If I'm a Rockets fan, I am sick to my stomach hearing that news. Again, James Harden, you turn James Harden into Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and two first round picks. The rebuild has officially begun in Houston. Now, another person that stayed at home, Lonzo Ball for the Pelicans. I know the Sixers were in talks for him. I also know the Clippers were in talks, and a couple other playoff teams were in in talks for Lonzo because Lonzo's shooting is he's shooting over 40% from deep. He's giving you about 14, 15 points a night and and five or six assists a night. That's nice. That's solid. That is a great. If I am, if I if I'm any team, that's a per, that's the perfect point guard that you need. So I mean, in that regard, you got to give like Lonzo Ball is a great player. So Lonzo ends up staying. Now a point guard that did leave, and this was I think this honestly was my was my uh, deal of the. As I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. As my bold statement of of the deadline, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Do you do you guys know? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? How about the Clippers? The Clippers were a huge winner. In sorry, as I'm just double checking, the Clippers were a huge winner in the deadline. I don't know about you guys, but they got better. They got they got rid of Lou Williams, and Lou Williams is a six-man of the year. He is a solid player. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Lou Williams. But in the playoffs, the Clippers, they need a guy that can that can make his teammates better. And that's something that Rajon Rondo does that Lou Williams doesn't. Lou Williams is going to come into the game and score some buckets. But he's not going to make his teammates better. And that is the one weakness with the Clippers. They have so many guys, but they don't have that one pure point guard that can run a team. And in the playoffs, Rajon Rondo helped the Lakers. He was the secret piece to helping LeBron and AD in the playoffs. He literally came off the bench, just gave them 10 and 5. And that's all that that's all that the Clippers need from Rondo is to give them 10 and 5 in the playoffs run their second unit and make their teammates better, even play with the starters and make Kawhi and others better because you know Kawhi is not going to make his teammates better. So that's a great move for the Clippers. I think that that was a steal of the steal of the deadline. And in Houston, Lou, Lou Williams can now enjoy his hot wings 
because I know he was having talks with that. As we look at other moves, the 76ers, we got to talk about them. Another point guard. I actually love this deal. The Sixers ended up shipping Tony uh, Tony Bradley. It was part of a three-team deal. The Knicks were also involved. So the Thunder get Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and a 2025 and 2026 picks. And the Knicks get Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier. He didn't really do nothing for the Sixers. And then the Sixers get George Hill. And George Hill will make his team debut as I'm checking on my phone right now. Give me one second, guys, just to confirm this. Just to confirm this for everybody. Yes, so George Hill and Joel Embiid will make their team debut on Saturday. So that is going to be a huge, huge upgrade for for the Sixers because right now you can tell that we are missing we're missing George Hill and Joel Embiid right now. And Ben Simmons has been awful in February. I looked up his numbers. He's averaging 15, 6, and 6 this month. And he's really been struggling over the past couple of weeks. He really needs to turn it around. March, to put in perspective, March, he was averaging 22, 8, and 8. So if Simmons can get around, I'm not saying 22 points again, but if he can get around 20 points, or not 20, probably like 18 a night, that would be perfect. That's all. The, that's all the Sixers need. Um, but I love this move because George Hill, just like how the Sixers, the Sixers were very similar to the Clippers in regards to they need another playmaker, another guy that can make his teammates better. And that's something that George Hill gives. Now and now with the Sixers, instead of having Shake Milton run your second unit, now you had that's George Hill's responsibility now. Now George Hill can run the second unit, and Shake Milton can focus on scoring now because Shake Milton does not make his teammates better. He plays, he's not as good as Lou Williams. What I'm saying to you is he plays very similarly in regards to, all right, when I'm in the game, I'm going to come, I'm going to get some buckets, and that's about it. So now George Hill can run that second unit. Ben Simmons can now be at the five sometimes when Embiid sits out and then he can run a high pick and roll with George Hill and Ben Simmons. That's great. It's great. It also gives the Sixers offense some better looks. George Hill shoots around like 38, 39% from three. Perfect. It's an average typical three-point shooter. He can hit a couple shots for you and he can also lead and help run your second unit. And again, you're not asking George Hill the only, the only thing that sucks is with Kyle Lowry, he would give you a guaranteed 15 a night. George Hill is not going to give you that. George Hill will probably give you in a range of 5 to 15 points a night. There's going to be nights where he doesn't score anything, but there's going to be nights where he gives you 10, 15 points. So, but it's not a consistent scoring. So as long as he makes his teammates better and helps run that second unit, Great fit for the Sixers. I also think the Sixers should look. I, I don't know who else is in the buy-in market, buyout market now, but the Sixers need to get another stretch four. I know Mike Scott has been a little bit better, but a stretch four would be nice to complete the team. So here's another trade. This is another sleeper trade, and I wanted the Sixers to get him. Is uh is by Alicia from the Sacramento Kings. He's only playing like 17 minutes this year, but 
he is a knockdown shooter. He's go he shoots over 40% from deep. And the Miami Heat got him and he replaces Kelly Olynyk. Now I do think the Heat I'm I, and, and I'll talk about Victor Oladipo in a little bit. I'm not really a big fan of that. I know I mentioned it earlier. But I really like Bialicia and I like how he fits with Miami. They need they need more shooting because you have Jimmy Butler, he doesn't shoot. Bam Adebayo doesn't shoot. And then also now you got Oladipo. He's not really a good shooter either. He is he is a volume shooter. Oladipo, yeah, people are like, oh, he's averaging 25 and 5. But look at how many shots he's taking. Like he's taking about 22, 23 shots a game when he plays, and his field goal percentages are all down. In the playoffs, you need efficient scoring. It doesn't matter how many points you point up, you put up a night. It's about efficiency. Which team can score in a more efficient clip? That's the team that's going to win. And the Heat, I might as well talk about it now. I'm not scared of them. Jimmy Butler in the clutch, obviously, goaded. But Bam out of bio, he is a good, solid young player. He's a great defender, but his offensive game is inconsistent. Now, this year he has taken steps forward, but we all know come playoff time, you got to be able to hit that mid-range jumper consistently. And then also Victor Oladipo. Can he hit the three ball consistently? Can he score at an efficient clip? I don't think so. I think he's a shell of himself, and I don't think he's the same player he once was. And to make things worse, he's it's looking like he's going to be a one-year rental too. So unless Miami can lock him up for a couple years too, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really like that trade for Miami. So, but on the other spectrum though, a trade that I love, and this is another great solid trade, I love what the Denver Nuggets did with Aaron Gordon. So here was the trade. The Orlando Magic and Denver Nuggets. So the, the Magic sent Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver. For Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a project and a projected protected my fault 2025 first round pick. I absolutely love the deal for both teams. Aaron Gordon gives the Denver Nuggets a, a solid wing defender. I just watched him the other night. He was playing great defense on Simmons. He was playing great defense on Harris. He was he's he that was the problem with the Nuggets when they played up against the Lakers. And when they play up against the Clippers and, and even and even the Jazz for a little bit, they struggle on the wings playing defense. LeBron kills them every time they fall. Usually kills them. Or Anthony Davis usually kills them. Now you can throw Aaron Gordon at both of those players. Now he's not going to like shut them down, but he at least gives you another body and gives you depth in a defensive spot. And the Nuggets, they struggle defensively. That's one of the weaknesses of their team. They can put up points. They have a bunch of shooters and stars. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a star in this league, guys. Make way because he is a beast. He, I saw him last night or the other night. Absolute baller. So they need to have that solid wing defender that can help out Jokic because Jokic is not a dominant wing, is not a dominant rim protector. He's not. So to get Aaron Gordon was a huge, huge move for Denver, and I absolutely love that move. That was honestly right up there as one of the best moves in the deadline. And then also the Magic, they were selling heavy. They got rid of their all-star center, Nikola Vucevic, Alfred and Alfred Camino to the Bulls, and they also got Otter Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr. So the 
the Orlando Magic are officially in rebuild mode. And thank goodness, because again, one of the worst spots to be in in any professional sports franchise is to be in the middle. And what I mean by in the middle is you're good enough to just make the playoffs or you just miss the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get the top pick in the draft. And year after year after year, the Magic are usually a 7-8 seed, pretty dominant in like they're they're oh, they're good enough to be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference, but then they usually get swept or they lose in 5 in the first round. They've done that for the past what, like four years? So it's time for a change. It's time to hit that reset button. And there's nothing wrong with hitting that reset. There's nothing wrong with hitting that reset button if you are a professional franchise. And that's what the Magic have done. I really like what they're doing. And also the Magic got rid of Evan Fournier as well. And I absolutely hate that deal for Boston. Boston is so... Boston needs a playmaker. Because right now, here's Boston's game. The Celtics. Jason Tatum, ISO. If that's not working, Jalen Brown, ISO. You get yours, you get yours. No one else is getting better. Kemba Walker will chuck up some shots. Not getting in. The Celtics don't play as a team. They play ISO ball. And Evan Fournier is like, is he's like, uh, he's not a playmaker. He's pretty much like a Jalen Brown, like a unathletic Jalen Brown. That's what he is. And as I'm like, uh, like if I'm Boston, this is how I'm feeling right now. So much pain. So much pain. Like they did not get better in the deadline at all. They didn't. They got worse. They got Evan Fournier. They pretty much have three of the same players, Tatum, Fournier, and Brown, all three of those guys are, are they're all good shooters and they're all talented basketball players, but they don't make their teammates better. And that's one of the secret ingredients in basketball that, again, numbers don't tell. Can you make your teammates better? And that's something that none of the Boston players know how to do. And that's one of the reasons why they stink this year. They do not play as a team. It's iso ball. And Jason Tatum, if you go for 30, Jalen Brown, you go for 30. And that's it. And they're not getting efficient scores. That's what it comes down to. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely sad. I mean, I'm, I'm not really that sad, though, because Boston's always whooped us in the playoffs. So, about time the Sixers had the upper hand for once. So, just to let you guys know in that regard. And then, also, the Nuggets also got JaVale McGee. So, like, the Nuggets, they got better on defense. JaVale McGee is a good rim protector. I know people make fun of him for his flopping, but let's be real here. JaVale McGee is a seven foot two rim protector, and he's played with the Warriors. He's played with the Cavs. He's played with the Lakers. He's played with LeBron. He's played with Kevin Durant. So, he knows how to win, and he knows how to play with stars. So... Got to give credit when credit is due there. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I I like I like what Denver's did. They're definitely a winner in this trade deadline. And as I look at the other moves, I mean, that was pretty much it when it came to all the moves in the trade deadline. Not a lot of movement. I thought Kyle Lowry would have would have gotten traded, but it really it, it there was there wasn't really a lot. I know uh Pal 
I, that trade was pretty much even for both for both teams. Gary Trent Jr. and uh, Norman Pell, they're pretty much uh, they're pretty much like the same player now. Now Powell's better on defense, and and it's crazy. I looked at I looked at the the graphic. Gary Trent Jr. just like his dad got traded in their third season and like their fortieth game. It was crazy. It's crazy how the universe works sometimes. So. That wraps up all of the NBA trade deadline moves. We're going to switch it up. We'll probably take like a five. I would probably say a five minute break here on Swoop Radio. We'll come right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Eagles and what the heck they did in the draft. And then they, and then we're also going to talk about a little bit of baseball talk because because again it is opening day. Let's go Phillies tonight. I know they play at three oh five, so pretty much by the time I'm done this podcast, the Phillies will be playing, and then we got to talk about some March Madness. So you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. We will be right back. And we are back. Welcome, guys, to Swoop Radio. Welcome back. Um, as I just check, I just want to make sure that everything that that's that this connection is okay. Uh, man, because again, you guys are listening to Swoop Radio, so I just want to make sure everything's okay. Yes. All right. I. All right. So. All right. Just making sure that everything's good. All right, so we are good. Just double-checking again, making sure that everything's okay. Because, again, I'm having some technical difficulties a little bit with Twitch Studio, so I don't know what's going on in that regard. But welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry, just making sure. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the second topic and final topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Again, I'm your host, Earlier, I talked about the NBA trade deadline. I talked about what moves were good, what are some winners, what are some losers of the deadline. Now we have a couple little quick topics, and we'll wrap up this whole podcast. So we got to start with the Philadelphia Eagles because, again, what the Philadelphia Eagles did, they ended up trading down in the NFL draft this year. And if you were to, if you were to actually like think about it, and I apologize. I, I am I am, I do live in a neighborhood, and there's a lot of dogs that do bark. So if you hear dogs in the background, I apologize. <laughs> but um, yeah. So pretty much the Eagles they traded down from they had the sixth pick in the NFL draft, and everyone was talking about oh my goodness the Eagles were going to get Kyle Pitts, and I was one of those guys. Pitts is a stud. He pretty much is. He's a bigger version of DK Metcalf. Like how could you say no to that? He is an absolute beast, and he's probably going to be a a legit wide receiver slash tight end. He's going to be like that new tight end. He's going to be the new like tight end wide receiver hybrid in the NFL, and he's an absolute. He's going to be an absolute beast for for the next decade. I'm not going to lie to you. He is, but the Sixers at six. And a lot of teams are taking quarterbacks, at least the first, the first four picks 
in the NFL draft are going to be quarterbacks. So if you're looking at it, you're like, damn, like the Sixers really could have gotten a legit player in this year's draft at number six because, again, the top four picks are going to be quarterbacks. So that's going to, like, that's definitely interesting to hear and stuff like that. But now the, the, the six, uh, not the Sixers, the Eagles, the Eagles needed to, the Eagles have a lot of holes on their team. I'm not going to lie to you. They do. The Eagles, they need offensive lineman help. They need a legit defensive leader. They need cornerback help. And they also need wide receiver help. So the Eagles have, I just named four, four needs that the Eagles have. Four. Offensive lineman, defense, no, five actually. Offensive lineman, linebacker, defensive lineman, wide receiver, and cornerback. So five or six needs the Eagles need. They are weak in a lot of positions. And what's one way to make up for um, a need in multiple positions? Trading down in the draft, getting yourselves multiple first-round picks for the future. And that's something that Howie Roseman did, and I will give him some credit for that. I'm one of the people in the minority that, yes, I would have loved to see Kyle Pitts at number six. He would have been a legit beast for the decade, and him and Jalen Hurts would have probably have been a crazy combination. I'm not going to lie to you. And if he, and and I see why Howie Roseman's going to take a lot of heat in this year's draft because, again, you're at number six, you can't mess it up. Take Kyle Pitts. He's a stud. At number 12, now you can mess it up. And your pick is now behind Dallas and New York. So not only did we lose that Washington football game for no reason, but now we end up having pit. We're getting picked behind two of our division rivals. And you know the, the Cowboys are going to go cornerback or lineman. I'm scared. I'm terrified because because at 12 the Eagles can go so many they can go so many different directions. They can get Devontae Smith, and I honestly think that would be a really good pick at 12. Devontae Smith will be there at 12, and I don't know why he is a Heisman Trophy winner. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't. I don't see why. I don't see how. Devontae Smith should fall to 12. And I'm sorry, I just watched a home run by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He just hit an absolute moon. No, not not Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Hernandez from the Blue Jays just hit a moonshot. So it's 2-2 Toronto. Sorry, guys. I am watching opening day as I am recording. But Devontae Smith had over 1,800 receiving yards this year. I don't know how. Again, I don't know how the heck. How the heck does he fall to 12? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But anyway, that's one direction the Eagles can go. Another direction is to get Fuller or Sertain, two cornerbacks, one from Alabama, one for Virginia Tech, and they, and you have Darius Slay on one side, and then you have Sertain or Fuller in the other side, and you have your two legit corners for the next five, six years. So that's another direction the Eagles can go to. And the third option, and I don't think now if the Eagles were picking before the Giants and before the Cowboys, I would say this would be perfect. But 
getting Michael Parsons from Penn State, a legit linebacker, that's another move the Eagles could have made. So now the Eagles at 12 have so many options to choose from that I think Howie Roseman's going to mess this up. But one of the positives from this is that, yeah, you may have traded down and you might not, you might not get the superstar player. But now the Eagles have a chance of having three first-round picks in next year's draft. If the Colts make the playoffs and Carson Wentz plays 70% of his snaps, the Eagles will get the Colts' first-round pick, which will probably be in the mid-20s, because they're not, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not. And then the Eagles also, maybe they'll stink this year. They'll have a top-10 pick. And then, obviously... With the Miami Dolphins, because since the Eagles did trade down, the Eagles have Miami's first-round pick for next year. So the Eagles have at least two first-round picks next year's draft. But with the chance of having three first-round picks, you can even you can even use those first round a couple of those first-round picks to trade up and get a quarterback, maybe like a Russell Wilson, or you can get multiple guys in position of need. You can get a defensive end. You can get a linebacker. You can get a corner. You can get a wide receiver with these extra picks. And you cannot screw up the draft. And Howie Roseman has screwed up the draft a lot. So we shall see what's going to happen with the Eagles. But that is my quick little topic about the Philadelphia Eagles. They are a hot mess. But one way to make up for your mistakes is to draft well and put yourself in position where you get multiple picks in the draft, and that's something that the Eagles have done. How do you guys feel about Miami? Remember what Miami did? They ended up trading with the Texans, and they got they got ended up getting the first-round pick, and at the time, the Texans were a legit playoff team. And, and you saw this year, the Texans absolutely stunk, and... Man, like, who would have thought? And I am watching, side note, I am watching Garrett Cole. He just exited out. Five and two-thirds innings, eight strikeouts. He did give up two home runs, though, in his first start. Two to two, Blue Jays and the Yankees. So now to add to this other quick little topic here, we also got to talk about college basketball because the final four for the men's is set and the final four for the women's is set. The final four for the women's, you have UConn, Arizona, UConn versus Arizona in the final four, and UConn should not have won that game. Baylor got absolutely robbed. I don't care what anyone has to say. The fact that two people smacked that woman as she was shooting the ball and not a single foul called was called, not a single whistle, ridiculous. So, But you got UConn and Arizona, one versus three matchup. And then you got South Carolina and Stanford. So there is. So we have three number ones in the final four for the women's. And for the men's, you have Gonzaga versus UCLA and then Houston versus Baylor. Starting with the women's, I honestly think it's going to be South Carolina versus UConn in the finals. And I'm going to go with the upset. I think South Carolina wins it all. I like them. I think they're deep. And I got to give props. I've been watching them. I've been watching the women's tournament. And South Carolina has played as a team consistently. UConn kind of got all. They kind of got lucky against Baylor. They did. Now, I will say, though, their freshman, 
That freshman on UConn, again, I'm not going to say names because, again, it, when, you call, when you talk about college basketball, the players don't get profited from it, so I respect their name. But, man, that freshman from North, from Connecticut, I mean, they always have legit stars, but she is a baller. As a true freshman balling like that, hitting clutch threes and getting, oh, man, it, she's a beast. So props, got to give props to the women's side. Their, their games have definitely been very entertaining. And then in the men, you have Gonzaga versus UCLA, Houston versus Baylor. UCLA is an 11 seed. They have had a great run. They proved me wrong against Michigan. I thought Michigan was going to squeak by them at the end. But again, Michigan just went ice cold to close the game out. So I'm honestly, I think it's going to be a Gonzaga versus Baylor final. With Gonzaga having a chance to have a perfect record. And you know what? I'm going to give Gonzaga their props. They proved me wrong in this tournament. I did. I had I had Gonzaga losing in the Sweet 16. But clearly, I was wrong. Gonzaga looks like the most complete team in the tournament. Now, Baylor's defense is going to be really good. That it those It's going to come down to those two teams. I love Houston. Houston's had a great run. This is their final four appearance. Great for them, but I don't think they have enough to beat Baylor on the defensive end. I know Houston's also a really good defensive team as well, but I just think, again, Baylor just has enough scores and Houston does, and, and also great defenders that Houston just does not have. I think Baylor wins that game. And then obviously UCLA, they've had a great run, but I don't see them getting enough offense at all against against Gonzaga. Gonzaga looks like the most complete team in this tournament. And then it's going to come down to Gonzaga and Baylor. And honestly, in my, my bracket challenge, all my brackets, I pick Baylor to win it all. And I'm going to go against that. And I'm going to pick Gonzaga to win it all in the tournament and have that undefeated season first time since 19, I believe 1973. It was the Indiana Hoosiers or no UNLV. My, what am I doing? I'm way off. I know Indiana was perfect one year, but UNLV was the last time well, was the last team to go perfect in a season, and they, and and I believe Gonzaga will match their same exact record of thirty three and zero or thirty two and zero, one of those two. So that is my college basketball predictions, and we are going to con- conclude this Swoop Radio podcast with some baseball talk because again. The Phillies play at three, and Francisco Lindor got paid. Francisco Lindor got paid for New York, and as you guys heard the applause and stuff like that, because, man, I know him and the Mets, it was a great deal for both parties because the Mets don't want him to be a one-year rental. And Francisco Lindor also knows if he has one crappy year in New York, his $345 million contract will be, he's going to get paid less because he's not performing enough. So Francisco Lindor is now the third highest paid player in, in the MLB. And you got to give props and props is due. I honestly think the Mets are a wild card team, and I think they can contend for the NL East this year. They have great pitching. They got Carrasco. They have they have a squad. And as a Phillies fan, I'm I'm sick to my stomach because I mean the Mets are the Phillies rivals, and they have been. But I mean it's going to be a very good baseball season. 
Uh, next for my next podcast, I'll talk more baseball. This one, I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to like opening day and stuff. I absolutely love opening day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. I watch baseball literally all day. It's pretty much like April 1st is pretty much like Christmas for basketball and Thanksgiving for football. You just watch baseball all day. It's great. I I played baseball for like 15, 16 years. So the smell of opening day and the fresh grass, I always love it. I love the springtime. It's definitely my favorite time of the year. But this concludes today's podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and stay safe. Again, you guys can tune into the podcast tomorrow, Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for whoever tuned into this Twitch live stream. I apologize. It did have a little bit of technical difficulties. It was a little bit weird at times, but that without, without, without a less though, it, it still worked and stuff like that. But I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy baseball tonight. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop.